So normally I am a glass half empty kind of guy, except when it's beneficial to me. And so today I'm going to be glass half full here on the Scruffy Stuff because we are taking a look back uh, at a podcast we did about a year ago, looking ahead to 2023 um, and making some bold predictions about what we thought would happen downtown in the new year, the year that we are now wrapping up. And we had 12 of those predictions. Um, Brianna Pachorka is joining me on the podcast today. Back then it was Brenda McDermott, so I'm going to blame the ones that uh, we didn't get right on her. But we had 12, and six of them came true, although I'm going to make a case for all of these. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about you know some of the ones that didn't come true, I think could happen in 2024, just a year off. But anyways, as I mentioned, Brianna on the podcast today. Again, welcome back. Yes, thank you for having me again. Yes, again. You said that like it was a negative thing. Again. <laughs> um and uh, I'm Ryan Willis, downtown reporter at Knox News. Brianna, since you weren't on the podcast last time, you are going to have the tough responsibility of grilling me on why I got six of them wrong. So, I, I mean, you have the list in front of you. Let's just go through them, and uh, we'll talk about them one by one. All right. Well, the first one, I think we're going we're to start off on a, on a good note here. Prayer Brown Garage. Oh, uh, yes. And so, yeah, I think back in 2020, well, 2022, this one actually came true before the podcast ever even published. We had talked about um, there would be a plan uh, put forward to demolish Prior Brown Garage. I think between the time we recorded and the time the podcast came out, that actually happened. It has the demolition itself has not happened yet. And but, we're waiting. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting. And the reason, I mean, this is so exciting. Normally, we're not like, ooh, something's getting demolished. Um, it's more about what's going to happen after the fact because you have a downtown that is getting more and more filled in every day. And to be able to have an entire block, really, if you think about the parking lot in front of Pride Brown Garage plus the empty lot that will be left behind once the garage itself is demolished, um, that's an opportunity to do something really transformative downtown. And I'm sure people are going to be jumping on that opportunity, trying to come up with the best idea to make the most of that block. And honestly, it's kind of an eyesore right now. Yeah. Like, it just looks abandoned. And that area is just kind of a deserted part of downtown anyway. So. Yeah. I think we're going to talk about that area a little bit more here later on, if I remember right. So uh, let's keep it rolling, though. All right. Uh, the next one, uh, I think this one was actually from Brenna. It was a transformative river project will appear somewhere downtown. Yeah. And um, this is where I like to say uh, I'm going to blame all the wrong ones on Brenna. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm, I'm going to actually, this one, I'm, when I said we got six right, I did not count um, this one as being correct, although I'm going to make a case for it, Brenna. Um, the case I'm going to make is that while there was not a transformative river project that actually happened in 2023, we did see progress um, in that direction. Um, the uh, local Realtors Association, along with the city, um, had a study done that essentially looked at um, you know the inventory we have along the river and what possibilities are and what that study came back. Um, and said was that there is room for a transformative project on the river, which is something you know we anticipate would happen in 2023. But first, you got to make sure it's viable. And uh, specifically, the area that this, uh, these consultants were looking at was over where wholesome gases are. So this is um, you know on the Severe Avenue side of the river, and you know the 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 study sort of gave some suggestions, um, not necessarily that we would have a, another aquarium, but something similar to the Tennessee Aquarium in Chattanooga or something similar to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would expect to see some movement in that direction, maybe not in 2024, just because um, I think a lot of the focus is going to be on where the pedestrian bridge is, which is exciting. And I mean, that could potentially be a new district as well. Once you, know, you got to get the bridge built first, but we'll see what happens. All right, the next one was from you, I believe, and that was that north of downtown, specifically that area, 
the intersection of Broadway and Central will kind of glow up. Yeah. Uh, especially because of Yeehaw. Yeah. What say you on this? Um, I'm going to count this as a, as a I was right because okay. I, I get to call it. <laughs> um, but the, uh, I, no, I mean, Yeehaw has been, su- it's been successful. You look at Yeehaw on a game day, it's packed shoulder to shoulder. I know they've had some problems with parking. I have no, um, I don't know if they would consider it a problem with crowds, but they have big crowds, enough to the point where they have to have, you know, a lot of staff there um, keeping an eye on things. You made a point to me that, you know, this area north of downtown actually didn't glow up or grow up. Yeah, I'd argue that, you know, you, you had mentioned when I listened back on this episode that we're talking about that you think Yeehaw is going to bring more to the area. And I think things have actually kind of, we've seen more businesses close over the year since then. Um, this was in 2023, but it was closed and that was Hops and Hollers shut down. Central Filling Station closed this past year. Um, and then Central Collective also shut down. And I feel like all of those, even though Hops and Hollers wasn't necessarily 2023, were happy holler in that area, like staples. Yeah. And so I don't think that your prediction really came true, but I can see where you're kind of coming from. Well, the second half of this, too, is is that, yeah, I, I agree. That specific area perhaps is not did not come true the way I thought it would because, you know, you mentioned some of these things that have closed. Yeehaw had a hand in some of that, right? I mean, the Central Filling Station property, um, Central Collective is going to become their headquarters. So, yeah, Yeehaw has been successful. But where I think the areas north of downtown have grown a lot is actually further north um, in like actual I know people say happy holler to kind of you know define that whole area but happy holler proper I guess where you get to uh, Raven Records and Central Flats and Taps in that area I mean you have the pirate bar that opened up which uh, you know is is different Um, but still I mean you know before you had uh, Time Warp Tea Room which was great but it was really kind of like a sort of it wasn't an exclusive club but it kind of felt like that it didn't really feel like something as public Um, then you have Zero Zero open up as well um, and then there have been plans announced for maybe a, a liquor store and some um, apartments up above it in one of the old antique shops. And sort of Happy Holler has become, and we wrote a story about this and I think had a whole podcast about it, um, a little bit of a hangout area in which you can have you know, an entire date night or an entire night out with friends, go see a movie at um, Central Cinema. So I think um, the areas north of downtown have been getting love, maybe not exactly where I thought they would be. Um, but I still think that's an area where there's going to be some growth and some some new things popping up, uh, even in 2024. All right. The next one was from Brenna, and that was that a nationally known chef would open a restaurant in the downtown Knoxville area. That did not happen. But to make a case for it, I mean, I think the reason um, Brenna brought this up was the fact that, you know, we've had a lot of um, growth in the food scene. Um, you know, over the last few years, we've seen um, less, and I've said it before, less burgers and beer and more, um, you know, um, chefs trying um, unique things that maybe Knoxville and downtown Knoxville is not used to. So and we don't have a celebrity chef per se. And she wasn't talking like, I think she said Shaq or like Guy Fieri. She's talking more like, yeah. you know, maybe a James Beard award winning chef. Um, which, by the way, James, only James Beard award-winning chef we have right now is uh, Joseph Lynn over at J.C. Holdway. But um, I will say that we did see some growth in terms of more elevated concepts coming forward in 2023, which I think was the core of her point. 
um, including, you know, an international chef coming to Lilu um, in the similar way that, um, you know, Aaron Thompson and Jessica King, who opened Brother Wolf and Osteria Stella, brought in a uh, Milanese chef to their uh, Italian concepts. They went and recruited an actual French chef who had been, you know, cooking all over the world to come in here to Knoxville to open up Lilu. Um, which I think is going to actually open in the new year, but um, you know we got a chance to check that out, and so we've seen some um, investment in some higher level culinary concepts around town. Um, you know, uh, Pochki has just grown and grown and grown. Um, you know, it started out as a pop up in 2022, I believe, and now 2023, it's you know it's like a permanent part of the downtown food scene. So, yeah, not completely true, but the the, the core of her argument um, proved to be true in the sense that we're getting some great food, um, and it's only getting better. The next one we have, and I believe this one was from you, Ryan, was that there would be an official announcement on a full-size, potentially chained uh, grocery store coming to downtown Knoxville. This is where I, since I call the shots, I I get to uh, say that this one came true. Um, It's not in Knoxville, not in downtown Knoxville, but in South Knoxville, Sevier Avenue, um, which again, you know, I think a core... uh, a core theme of these podcasts um, has been that downtown is changing. The definition of downtown is changing. We, you know, we started out as a downtown proper podcast, and the more and more we did this show, we realized you know we need to be talking about what's happening on Severe Avenue, and what's happening in Happy Holler, what's happening on Magnolia, and over in Fort Sanders. And so, uh, Chris Morton, the person behind South Coast Pizza Alliance, um, is finally living his dream to open a grocery store. Uh, to complete his beach town, as he calls it, uh, on South Knoxville, um, and I'm really excited about. It. I mean, he he showed me the space. Uh, says it's you know similar in size to a Trader Joe's. I can see it. I mean, that place is pretty big. They got you know loading docks over there for trucks to come in. I think it's gonna be really cool. So that's not happening in 2023, but we got that announcement, and I think uh, you know that will still serve downtown, um, even though if, even if it's not downtown. But I mean, as far as like downtown itself, I mean, do you think there's, uh, does it make sense to have a grocery store in downtown? The more I think about it, I mean, something like this makes, seems to make more sense than having something right in the center of the city. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't imagine a Kroger (laughs) in downtown. Like I can't see that. I can see like a a Walgreens or a CVS or something like that, but I just can't imagine an actual grocery store. You know, that's why I think, you know, talking about this Severe Avenue grocery store, something like that makes sense. I remember I was on that assignment with you and he always talked about, you know, like specialty items and things that you might not necessarily get at like a Kroger and stuff like that. And I think that, I mean, I feel like that really appeals to the types of people who live downtown, you know? Yeah. No, and I think um, one thing that's going to be important is, um, or one thing that is important with a grocery store, especially in an urban environment, is how many people can actually walk to it. And a lot of people can walk to a gro- like walk anywhere downtown, but can you walk there and carry a bunch of groceries? And so I feel like you need, you know, to be in a place where it is like heavily, heavily, heavily foot trafficked. And so I think when the stadium gets open, there were talks about having a grocery store um, in somewhere in that development or nearby. You have all those people in the condos, all those people in the apartments. A Walgreens makes a lot of sense. A lot of people that need to run in real quick before or after a game and get something. Um, and so I could see like a Walgreens grocery store, exactly like you said, popping up downtown. Yeah, not a Kroger. I just missed those Kroger Walgreens markets. That was that was a cool little thing that they had for a bit. I guess it didn't work out. But um, anyways, moving on. Uh, this one was from Brenna, and that was that a major celebrity would move to downtown Knoxville. 
So I don't know exactly where he's moving, but we did get the announcement in 2023 that MLB superstar Bryce Harper um, is moving his family to Knoxville in the offseason, which is different than what you've seen some other MLB players do. You've seen some uh, settle in near Nashville, uh, including Mookie Betts, uh, David Price, um, and now to be able to have somebody like Bryce Harper in Knoxville. I mean, I think that's just something that's going to be, um, I don't know exactly when this story came out in July and they talked about doing it in the off season. I don't know if he's here now, but I think, you know, just being able to say like, Oh yeah. Did you know Bryce Harper lives in Knoxville? Like that has weirdly, I feel like a lot of value and being able to make Knoxville seem like it's a serious, you know, uh, major city to have, you know, and I mean, we're talking about Bryce Harper for those who aren't baseball fans. Yeah. Like, I was about to say, like, like I don't name. really keep up with MLB and I feel like that's a name that people, they might not know who he is, but they've heard of him. You right. know? Yeah. So uh, maybe there, maybe he's living downtown. Maybe he's, he's probably got a nice, nice spread out, you know, big piece of land and uh you know out in the country but um you know if you see him let me know because i haven't heard any of any bryce harper uh spotting since uh, this move is supposed to happen so keep me posted all right so this next one is from brenna and she predicted that there would be another project in the similar scope as the core developments on the strip something like a big block size project what do you think ryan and, and she said specifically like in downtown because I think we have you know I think there's other projects that are pretty large in scope on the strip but like in downtown specifically um, that has not totally happened I mean you could argue that we've seen some more progress on the 200 block of Gay Street the um, the giant sculpture is coming along um, it doesn't look like the uh, the Lone Tree Pass is making too much progress but the fences are still up they're still working over there so the 200 block is going to um, be a little bit different once those two projects get complete. I think Brenna was on to something. Uh, I think we talked about the 700 block being the um, uh, having the most potential for something like this when you think about um, going again back to prior Brown Garage, that being demolished, potentially the parking lot in front of it could make that project whatever replaces that even larger. And then you look across the street at the 700 block and there's not much going on there i mean there is i mean you know holistic connections seems to be doing good you have dazos you have hello tea house but still the buildings don't nothing it doesn't look like that inviting i guess i still think the 700 block as we talked about last year has that potential um i think brennan might have just been a year off and i might have been a year off too i i agreed with her i thought this was something we would see progress on again you know we talked a year ago and said uh prior round garage demolition was happening and it still hasn't happened so i don't think um, yeah, I don't think we we're far off. I think there's that 700 block still could get some TLC and could become a really uh, dynamite sort of development, especially when you consider how close it is tied into the theater district and the river as well. It's kind of the first thing you see when you come from the south. So um, did not come true. Still think it will, though. We are going to manifest yes. these things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Happen, please. All right, the next one, um, and I think this was also a Brenna one, and that would be that someone would develop more parking downtown. Yeah, I think she specifically was talking, too, about the stadium. Um, And one of my favorite assignments I've done in the past couple years was going to Durham, North Carolina, and checking out, you know, sort of how their baseball stadium and urban downtown baseball stadium has been successful some of the challenges they've had and just kind of coming back to knoxville and and laying these out in front of our local readers um to explain you know what people could expect from a stadium and one of the big messages that i heard was that you need parking 
more parking than you think you need because parking your car is such a habitual thing. I mean, you have, even as much as I uh, criticize folks for saying we don't have enough parking downtown, and I'm always like, there's so many parking garages. I still go to the same ones. And I know about all of them, but I have my favorites. And people have their favorites. And people, you know, you people coming from out of town, you know, they don't need, they're not going to take the time to find the garage. They want an easy experience. Again, it's about who's the stadium marketed towards. Is it marketed towards people who live downtown and are familiar with downtown? Do you want families to come in? I think you want the stadium to be full, so you want to try to cater to everybody. All this to say, um, you know, Brennan predicted that some sort of parking facility would be um, announced, not by Randy Boyd and the team, but by some sort of private developer who sees that parking is going to be needed. We have not seen that happen. Again, we do have a lot of parking, and they did the study to say, hey, there's this many spots within a, a, a certain walk, but um, still feels sometimes, I mean, it feels like we need more. I do wonder, you know, there are some public garages like the Dwight Kessel garage that are basically unused outside of work hours. And I do wonder if you go to like a UT basketball game, you can take a shuttle from the Ag campus to Thompson Bowling. And I do wonder if once the stadium is opened, if they would maybe consider bringing back the trolleys and doing something where people can park at those faraway public garages for free, but then take like the trolley to the stadium to kind of like, you know, spread out the parking and get people using those garages without overfilling, you know, the stadium area. Yeah. You know, um, that was not a big bull prediction for 2023, but who would have saw the trolleys going away? That's a, that was a surprise. I, I, I think um, the Magnolia warehouse district too. I mean, um, you know, those buildings are going to come down eventually. You can't really do much with a, one-story building that's going to have that much value right next to a stadium. And so, you know, I talked to some real estate experts who predicted that those buildings are going to come down and find new uses. What you don't want to have happen is those buildings come down and just be like a surface parking lot. So, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, and it could be one of those things that when the stadium first starts, maybe that's what it is, and then people get more and more familiar with it, and then, you know, that starts to change. But um, we'll see what happens. Um, it'll be interesting, and we have uh, – you know, 2024 is right around the corner. Just one more year till the baseball stadium is ready. 2025 Woo-hoo. is what they're shooting for. All right. Well, here's one that you definitely got correct, Ryan. And that would be that the Kearns Food Hall would not open in 2023. Unless they pull off a miracle. You know, I think the date still says on the website, December, by December 2023. Um, and I, I said this last year, you know, this was the pushback date to the pushback date. I think to the pushback date is maybe the third one. And, you know, it's... Uh, is it frustrating for people? I don't know. It, it's not frust- it's not frustrating for me, but it's like okay, like let's just say it. Let's just like be realistic here. At the same time, though, I'm like you know this is something that you probably don't need to rush. We saw you know Marble City Market has some challenges, um, and this is you know our second food hall. I, it's going to be different than Marble City Market in a lot of ways, and and one of the most notable ways is going to be a lot bigger, um, with a lot more things to do, a lot more moving parts than just food and a bar. Um, you're talking, you know, multiple bars and event space and private space and shopping and all that. It makes sense for them to take their time with it. Uh, I think the big thing that we talked about last year was, you know, we thought it might be delayed because of um, struggles getting people onto the site and access to the site. I had heard talks about Chapman Highway and how you have the ingress, egress and, and get people over there. And we did see that sort of late in the year, I feel like, uh, with Burger Boys announcing that the property um, would be going to the food hall development team um, and I, as, give, essentially giving up that stoplight there to allow access onto the property. So now that that's settled, 
I could see potentially um, some more progress being made quicker to get this uh, thing open. But um, they're still doing a good job of documenting. I mentioned that last year. They've been doing videos and stuff over there to really tell the story as they go through it. But, uh, yeah, I think it's – all right, we've heard the story. Let's let's, let's get this thing open. Um, I think that's how a lot of people feel. But, again, take your time with it. Um, you don't want – you know, the last thing you want is to put all this time and effort into something and rush it and it not turn out the way you want it to be. So this next one is from Brenna, and she predicted that a, not necessarily a brand new festival, but a new festival would pop up and achieve more of a cult-like following, kind of really put Knoxville on the map in the way that Big Ears kind of does. What do you think, Ryan? That didn't happen necessarily, but I still, I think it's the same thing as like, uh, as what, you know, she said with you know, the entire block development. I think we were just a year behind maybe because, you know, you have uh, Southern Skies Festival has popped up and people kind of talked about it being the replacement to Rhythm and Blooms. And I mean, it's it's really, it's it's great. It's a great, like, you know, you go out there and see a couple bands and walk around. It's a great reason to be outside and hear some cool music. It doesn't really have that full, like, um, I don't know, that full environment that a Rhythm and Blooms had where you're urban and you're like walking around and there's businesses and there's people in the streets. Um, it's a weird thing with World's Fair Park. I mean, it's great f- festival space, but it also feels so separate from downtown. Yeah. If you want just like a music festival kind of thing, it works. But I think what was cool about Rhythm and Blooms is like you said, it was in a urban environment um even if you didn't buy tickets they still had like that free stage out on i think it was jackson avenue and it was all shut down and people like everyone could take part in it and i feel like when you're at world's fair park it's kind of separate from everyone you know like not everyone can participate well you know i I still think it's about a year i I would guess somebody's going to come along and do it because you think about you know we always I always go back and look at Bonner, right? You have Bonner's this huge festival founded by a Knoxville native, and it really sort of set the stage for a lot of other people trying to do something similar on a smaller scale. And you've seen a lot more in recent years um, successful smaller versions of that um, with things like Railbird and um, Moon River Festival. I think Knoxville's due for one of those. I mean, think about, you said World's Fair Park, great park. You have two festival lawns. You can put two stages right there. Easy. You have an amphitheater. You know, a third stage for the smaller acts to go in the amphitheater. You have roads over there in West Downtown Knoxville that really aren't that necessary that you could close down and have people in the streets. You, know, you have the Sunster, you have an iconic like microphone already, like as your logo. It's like perfect. And so I could really see something like a um, like a Moon River or like a Real Bird coming to Knoxville. Something that's maybe genre specific. You know, maybe like those two festivals are kind of folksy indie pop rock kind of music. I, I go to Shaking Knees sometimes in Atlanta, and you know that's a lot of action happening in a small space, and they're able to pull it off. Um, I, I think Knoxville can do something similar, um, so I think that's coming. And you're a music person too. I mean, what do you what do you think? I mean, you think we could support something like that? I mean, yeah, it's so centrally located to so many places. I mean, you have Chattanooga, that's what hour and a half away. Asheville, two hours away. You have Nashville, two and a half, three ish. Even Atlanta's three hours away. You know, you, you have so many like good sized cities around that I think people would not mind traveling here for it. I mean, people already travel from all over for big years. I think if you found something that maybe not necessarily like your top indie folk rock acts, but something that in the middle, like I think you could attract, you know, a good crowd. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think you could have a Leon Bridges and a and a Hoser. I mean, a Hoser. I mean, look yeah. back at what they did back in the day with, um, you know, the uh, Hot Summer Nights festivals out in mm-hmm. World's Fair Park. I mean, you had Santana coming out here playing Dave Matthews Band, My Morning Jackie. You had this stuff happening on uh, Market Square. We have the people here to support it. Uh, let's make it happen. Somebody spend your money on it because I can't afford it. Um, <laughs> but I would love to see it. All right, so our last one's from you, Ryan, and it was that there would be a resolution to the beer problems at Neyland Stadium. And uh, it was resolved. Yeah, I mean, you talk about alcohol as a revenue driver, and you talk about, um, you know, especially, you know, I did some reporting with Arena Aurora that looked back at, you know, whether or not alcohol was actually causing people to be rowdy, and it didn't really, it was not a significant change. Um, In fact, some instances... Um, since alcohol was allowed, the the rate of incidents actually went down, um, and so this was something that was still confuses me to this day. Why there was um, such a punitive approach to this? You have a hundred thousand people in a stadium being treated the same way as a bar with ten people in it. I mean, it's just just kind of bizarre. I get that's how the rules are, but um, I think we all knew that this was too big of a thing to to actually happen. That it was going to get resolved in some way, and alcohol was back this year. The uh, renovated club area open this year uh wi-fi in the stadium this year everything improved it neither and i was going to ask you uh what, what your experience is with it but i guess you are you're always down in the field fancy you well i personally haven't noticed anything worse i'm really only interacting or seeing people who are sitting really close to the field and everything but i didn't notice like anything worse i didn't see like cops coming down into the stands and pulling people away did that happen probably somewhere but i didn't see it yeah i guess uh we did all right i mean we got about half of them right i think the ones that we didn't get right i still think are relevant i still think they're going to happen in the new year i think uh in the new year we should go ahead and uh, probably do another one of these a, a 2024 uh bold predictions um because I, I have some thoughts, including some of these that I'll, I'll carry over. Definitely um, still have my eyes on the 700 block of Gay Street. And definitely um, everybody should be having their eyes on the river um, as a potential um, new district to form. So before we have the episode, though, I'd be very interested in hearing what you think, um, what your big bull predictions are for 2024. If you want to send those to me, you can always reach out via email at ryan.wilusz at knoxnews.com or give me a follow on instagram at knox scruff as always the scruffy stuff is brought to you by knox news so head on over to subscribe.knoxnews.com to take advantage of our latest offer and sign up to support local journalism today a subscription will get you unlimited access to all of our downtown content all of our knoxville east tennessee stories everything from politics and sports to business and growth and development and education and anything you could possibly want uh, you'll find right there at Knox News. And while you're subscribing there, be sure you are also subscribed to the podcasts, and that way you get a notification every time a new episode drops, or you can just come back on Tuesdays. And if you're looking to keep up with what's happening downtown uh, even more than what you're hearing here on the Scruffy Stuff, be sure to check out that podcast description for a link to the Urban Knoxville Facebook group as well as the Urban Knoxville newsletter. Both of those are free. And before you log off, if you could, please uh, leave us a review, a five-star one if you would. Tell us what you like about the show uh, and what you would like to hear us talk about next. Uh, Brianna, happy holidays to you. Happy uh, holidays. I guess by the time this comes out, Christmas will have passed. Uh, we're looking forward to the new year and uh, another year of Scruffy Stuff episodes to come. So thanks for all your support. 
uh, listening over the past. Geez, it's been it's been a few years now. We're coming up on episode two hundred, um, and which is very exciting. So, uh, anyways, take care, everyone. Enjoy the holidays, and we'll be back again on Tuesday. Stay scrappy.